podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Well, welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, I've been saying for a while that I was going to do an episode on mindfulness and to give an example. And I've decided I'm going to do that today. Um, It's something I've been looking forward to because it's very relaxing and it's very useful. And so I thought, we'll just go and do it today. So, for example, if you are a type A individual, um, pretty mentally driven, your biggest hurdle is going to be slowing down long enough to do a mindfulness exercise. The exercises don't last but possibly five minutes or so. They could last longer. Um, The one I'm going to take you through probably is going to be a bit longer than that. But when you download mindfulness apps, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way, there's all different kinds. There's Calm and... um, Headspace, Simple Habit, Breathe, all kinds of mindfulness apps. I'm a big fan of those. If you don't have an app, you might want to consider getting one. You answer some questions so that you can kind of tailor make uh, the app for what you're using it for. Some people use it to sleep better. Some people use it that they just need to calm down throughout the day. But in the beginning, if you happen to be a rather intense driven, competitive type A person, just learning to slow down and calm down long enough to do this is a pretty big deal. I'm kind of, not 100%, but kind of one of those people. Much more so when I'm driving, by the way. (laughs) We're not going to get into that right now. I want the type A's out there, the the intense people out there that are that are driving themselves, that always have, you know, 65 balls in the air, go, 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 do, do, do. I want you to imagine that this technique is something that you are intentionally learning. It's a skill. It's a tool that you're adding to your tool belt so that you will be able to complete the rest of your tasks better, more efficiently. I want you to imagine for a moment before we begin the mindfulness exercise that The reality that you're in right now is the only reality that exists. And that may sound kind of an odd thing to say, but I guess what I mean is our minds are rarely in the present. For some reason, we are almost always either reviewing some past mistake or some run-in with somebody or something that happened earlier in the day or earlier in the week or even last year. We are either in the past or our minds are launched into the future trying to anticipate what's going to happen this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow. We are rarely in the moment The issue with this is that the only reality that you have is the one you're not paying any attention to. And it's the one that's right now, right this minute. Because what has already happened 
is done. You can't change it. Now, we can discuss it, you know, for example, in therapy and such. If there's something that's lingering, something that needs to be dealt with. But that's something you're holding in your mind in the here and the now. The future hasn't even happened yet. You think you know what's going to happen and you may be right. Or you may be dead wrong. But regardless, the only true reality that you have is right now. And mindfulness is an amazing tool to help you stay in the right now. And it actually strengthens you and calms you so that you are able to deal with your life as it unfolds with more of your mind present because it's not being allocated to the past or to the future. Now, just for a sidebar here, because I deal a lot with anxiety, uh, with people who have anxiety and this type of thing, you know, when someone's thinking about the future, if they're planning a, a vacation and they're thinking, okay, well, we're going to the beach and so we're leaving two days from now, so we need to make sure that we have all our clothes washed, that we've bought our sunscreen so we don't have to pay double for it at the beach. You know, we need to make sure we have appropriate clothes, who needs new bathing suits, you know, all that kind of thing. That is planning. And that's a positive thing. It's solution-focused. It's planning. The kind of future launching that I mentioned a few minutes ago is not that. It's a hand-wringing, anxious, what-if kind of thing that I have mentioned in, I think, the prior episode. So trying to keep yourself in the moment is a really, really good skill to learn. It just calms everything down, and it just better enables you to deal with what does come your way. A really good book that was recommended to me a long time ago and I'll put it in the show notes so you can look that up. But the book is called The Power of Now. And the author is Eckhart Tolle. If anybody wants to look it up on Amazon or whatever, the author's name is spelled E-C-K-H-A-R-T-T-O-L-L-E. And again, I'll put all that in the show notes. But one of the things that he points out in the book is the reality, the only reality is right now. And mindfulness techniques help us to stay in the right now. Now, where I'm recording this today, I don't have as much control over possible background noises. And originally I thought, well, you know, that's a, that's a deal breaker right there. I can't, I can't do that. And then I got to thinking, you know... I want my podcast to be as reflective of real life circumstances as I can make it within reason because when we're going to be out there needing to do mindfulness techniques, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be super quiet and ultra controlled. That's the whole point of needing to do mindfulness to begin with. And so I'm going to begin, before I even explain any more about mindfulness, I'm going to begin by teaching you what to do with those wayward noises when you're trying to do mindfulness. 
sometimes those wayward noises are external. Um, it might be someone in the apartment next to you that's yelling. It might be traffic outside your window. Uh, it might be somebody next door to you um, deciding to break out the chainsaw and get rid of some extra limbs lying around. It might be an ambulance. I actually hear an ambulance right now. I don't know if you do or not, but it might be an ambulance. You may live in a place where it's very congested and there are a lot of things going on virtually all the time. And hearing sirens is a very normal course of event. Sometimes these noises that we hear are internal. Sometimes they're our own thoughts. The ones that we think that we have to escape to be able to practice mindfulness. Well, if you're waiting for that, you're going to be waiting forever. Because that's not how our minds work. We all know that. And actually, the more you try to force yourself not to think of something, that's the more you think of it. Like, for example, if I were to say to you, under no circumstances are you to imagine a pink elephant sitting next to you. Do not, under any circumstances, imagine that. There is no pink elephant sitting next to you. Now, of course, what's in your mind now? So the more we try to not think about certain things, that almost guarantees that we will. So that begs the question, well, what do we do with those thoughts? We don't really want to focus on them, but when we, we try not to focus on them, they get even stronger. So what the hell? Well, let me suggest a tactic that's used in mindfulness that is helpful a lot of the time. It's a mental stance that you must take. And, and mindfulness begins at the very beginning with these stances, the, a mental stance, a physical stance. That's where it starts. It makes, it makes the rest of it so much easier. So the mental stance is imagine yourself sitting in a chair, maybe a lawn chair, maybe a stadium chair. I don't know, whatever floats your boat. But you're outside on a lawn somewhere or some piece of grassy area. Or I don't care, maybe it's not even grassy. Maybe you live in a concrete jungle and grass is hard to come by. That's cool. Imagine yourself sitting out on a step, on a stoop uh, somewhere. Somewhere where you can see the sky. Which, again, if... You know, if you happen to live in a very urbanized place and there's a lot of very tall buildings around you, that might be difficult. But even in those places, there are places you can get to, different parks and places where you can imagine you can see a pretty good, pretty good area of sky. So as you sit there and you look up at the sky, you notice that there's clouds up there. And let's say you're watching a few of them, and you see they're sort of a far away off. And then as you're sitting on your stoop or in your stadium chair, and you notice the cloud is drifting closer, and then it's right above you. And then you're just kind of watching the cloud, and it passes, and then it goes about on its way, wherever it's going when it leaves your area. I want you to imagine that that's what you do with your thoughts, that you don't try to grab onto them and latch onto them and do anything with them, just like you wouldn't do that with a cloud. But neither are you trying to shove them away or pretend they don't exist. 
just as you watch clouds come near you, travel over the top of you, and then go on by, try to do that with your thoughts. When they come into your mind, and they will, they might be as benign as, you know, I can't forget to pick up milk when I go to the grocery store, when I get off work. Or it might be something more profound, um, your mind wanting to review the abuse that you went through last week. Could be any number of things. But in this moment, when we have allocated this time to mindfulness, those things are merely thoughts. And so as you're sitting there, wherever you happen to be, and you're imagining the sky, and you're imagining the clouds, I want you to get a mental set that that's how you treat thoughts. And that's also how you would treat any kind of external noises. You're going to hear them just like you hear the internal noises. It's not the hearing them. It's what you do with it once you hear it. And so once you hear these noises, internal or external, just look at them. Just hear them. Let them just sort of go over like a cloud would float by on a somewhat windy summer day. It's just floating on. There it is. Yeah, there it is. There's that thought or there's that siren. Yeah, there it is. And just let it go. Don't try to do anything with it. Don't try to deny it. And that goes along with the rest of the sort of preparation to do mindfulness. And like anything, once you get really comfortable doing this, I've been doing this a long time and my body just slips right into it when I know it's what I want to do. When you're first learning, like with anything, it takes intention. And so if you're able to, you want to put your body in a position where you can release the muscles. Now, if you're listening to this and you happen to be driving uh, or you're doing something and you can't do that right now, that's fine. You can go ahead and listen to this episode. And then when you have a chance to get into a position where you can lay down, sit down, relax in some way where you can let your muscles go, then just play the episode over again. So getting into that position, whether it's in a chair or leaning back against a wall as you're sitting down or lying down on a bed or a couch or whatever happens to be around, I want you to imagine that it is a warm summer day and there's clouds passing by and these clouds might represent internal or external noise. That's fine. I want you to imagine that some children have been out playing and one of the children has left behind some taffy and the taffy has been lying on a warm sidewalk under the summer sun for several hours and has become just very soft and warm. I would like for you to imagine that your body is like that warm taffy. That as you're lying there, you're just allowing and imagining that your whole body is just relaxed. Okay, so I would like for you to begin by 
relaxing your body. Just being in a position where you can let your muscles and your ligaments and your joints and tendons, just releasing them, just letting them go. If you're holding your head up, if you're holding your shoulders up, we hold a lot of tension in our shoulder muscles. They tend to crawl up to our earlobes when we're tense. The uh, temporomandibular joint, which is basically where your jaw hinges, we hold a lot of tension there as well. That's why a lot of people end up um, grinding and clenching their teeth. Which actually, and I'm not going to talk about it in this particular episode, I'm sure it will come up in some future episode, but... That can be a, uh, your body's reaction to a fight-or-flight sensation. And when you're feeling that, that tightening in your teeth, it's, it's when your body kind of wants to fight. Um, sometimes when people are having that sensation, they'll also notice that they're clenching their fists. Um, so it's, it's really interesting how all that works out, but that's, for, that's an episode for, for another day. So anyway, for right now, just begin by relaxing your body because I'm going to take you on an imagery journey. So we begin by relaxing our muscles and our joints and take a few slow, deep breaths to begin just to relax you down where you're inhaling through your nose, filling your lungs up with air, and then very slowly exhaling the air. It's best if you can do it through your mouth and have your mouth sort of like you're whistling. That way you can control the airflow and it will come out very slowly. It should take you at least twice as long to exhale as it did to inhale. And when you do this, I would like for you to do it about three times and just feel your body relaxing. Feel your body relaxing. You might even imagine that your body is similar to warm taffy, that your muscles are just that warm, soft taffy. And you're giving your body permission for just a few minutes to let go of the stress, to release it. You can even possibly imagine stress attached to you, like little leeches all over your body and you're giving them permission and they just open their little mouths and they fall right off. Um, one person one time said she imagined stress was all these little to-do notes written on post-it notes all over her body. And she was walking along the beach and as the breeze was blowing across her, she imagined it blowing those post-it notes off of her body and just releasing Every little bit of stress that was attached to each one of those little post-it notes as it was blown off. Imagery is very important. has a very large impact in these situations. And research has indicated the very large impact of imagery when we're trying to develop coping strategies. So to do a mindfulness exercise, one of the favorite things I like to do is imagining eating a meal. Because when you're eating a meal, all five of your senses are engaged. And if I were to describe mindfulness in a nutshell, it's basically intentionally focusing on 
your sensory input, what you're seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, and tasting. So much of the time, we're getting sensory input, but we're unaware of it because we're too busy focusing on tasks that are getting done or trying to survive awful situations. So mindfulness is giving yourself permission to take a few minutes to slow down. This is a must. You have to slow down and you'll understand once I start taking you through this exercise. So just let's say that we are having a meal with pepperoni pizza. I figure that's something that a lot of people like. Let's say we have a big slice of pepperoni pizza on a plate and then you've got a, say, a big glass mug of beer with your pizza. That's all we're going to do for right now. You can make this as big or small as you want, but that's all I want to do for this exercise because you'll get the idea. So as you're sitting there, when you can listen to this where you can close your eyes, I would like for you to close your eyes and listen to my description and follow along. I would like you first to imagine where you are eating this meal. Imagine if you are inside, are you at your apartment or in your house? Are you at your office? Are you outside? Are you at a restaurant or an outside cafe? Are you in the park or at the beach? Identify where you are first. So get that in your mind. So as you're sitting there, we are first going to focus on vision. Vision is a very strong sense and we're going to use it first and then we'll move on to the rest. So as you imagine yourself sitting there Let's say you're at some type of a table. I want you to stop and look around. This is you imagining yourself actually eating the pizza. Okay, so you're there wherever you normally would be eating. This is an example of what you could do. And except for the fact that you would be rather quiet, no one really knows what you're doing. It doesn't really take all that long. So imagine yourself sitting at the table. I want you to just sit a moment and just look around. What is on the floor? Is it ceramic tile? Is it carpet? Is it concrete? Is it grass? What is under your feet? Look at where you're sitting. What type of a table? What type of plates? Look around. What is around you? Are walls around you? Are you inside? If there are walls, then are they wooden? Are they painted? Are there pictures on the walls? Are there windows? What's outside the window? Are there curtains? As you're sitting here, all you're doing is looking around. I want you to imagine for a moment that someone is going to give you sort of like a pop quiz when you're finished. They're going to be standing there with a, a clipboard of sorts and a 
or a tablet of some such, and they're going to ask you, you know, how many light fixtures were in the room? What were they like? How many pictures were on the walls? What were the pictures of? Almost as if you had to give expert testimony after the meal to everything that you saw. Look at the people that are around you. Are there people around you? If so, what do they look like? What are they wearing? If there are no people around you, what is around you? Are there other tables? Are there trees? Open your eyes and look. Be intentionally focused on your sense of vision. Now I want to take your vision and move it down to your food. I want you to notice the triangle of pepperoni pizza. I want you to notice the cheese and how the pepperoni kind of curls up on the edges and it's dark around the edges. And you can just tell how crispy it's going to be. And there's like this little tiny pool of oil as the pepperonis are sort of like little bowls. I want you to look at the the dark places on the crust where it's been in the, the oven. I want you to look over at your, your big glass of beer, your big mug of beer, and how it's the condensation is running down the sides. And the amber color, of course, depending on what kind of beer you drink, it might be darker, it might be lighter, whatever floats your boat. But notice the color of it. Notice the foam. Look what is in front of you. See it. Now I want you to close your eyes, even in your imagination. And we're going to move the focus to what you can hear. If you are in a restaurant, listen. What do you hear? Do you hear the the talk of people around you? Do you possibly hear people talking in a muted fashion from being back in the kitchen? When people walk into the restaurant and the doors open, do you hear traffic outside? Do you hear people's using their utensils? What do you hear? If you're outside, do you hear traffic? Do you hear birds singing? Do you hear the wind blowing through leaves on a tree? What do you hear? Now we're going to move the sense to what you can feel. On what are you sitting? Are you in a chair? Is it wooden? Does it have a back? Does it have a cushion? Are you sitting on a blanket on grass? Are you sitting on a stool? Are you on a bench? What does it feel like? Take your hands and your imagery and place them on the table. Place your palms out flat where the pads of your fingers can touch. What is the table? Is it wooden? Is it glass? Is it plastic? 
What is the table? What does it feel like? We're going to keep a hold of what we can feel. And then we're going to move into smelling and tasting. And we're going to do this with the food. So I want you in your mind's eye to reach down to your pizza and pick it up. And I want you to feel the crust beneath the pads of your fingers. And feel the kind of rough edges where they cut it with a pizza cutter. And as you bring that up, bring it up towards your face. We're going to switch your focus to your sense of smell. I want you to focus on the smell of the yeast from the dough. And can you also smell the cheese? And can you smell the aroma from the pepperoni? Now we're going to shift your focus to your sense of taste. And we're also going to still be using touch. So as you lift the pizza to your mouth, I want you to feel it go into your mouth. Feel your teeth cutting through the pizza. Feeling the pizza on your tongue and under your teeth. And as you begin to chew and feeling the chewing sensation and smelling it, now you are beginning to taste it as well. You're tasting the chewy dough and the cheese that's warm and the crispness of the pepperonis. As you chew these and you're smelling them and tasting them and feeling them all at the same time. And then you'll swallow that piece. You set your pizza down. Now your hand goes over to your mug of beer. And as you wrap your hand around the glass mug, it feels cool and you can feel the, the water that has condensed down the sides. And as you lift the mug up, you're looking at it and you're feeling it under the palm of your hand and the pads of your fingers. And then you lift it to your lips and you feel it on your lip. It's so cool. And you can smell the beer, just how wonderful that smells. And then as you tip it up, you feel the cool liquid coming into your mouth. You can smell it and now you can taste it. And then you'll swallow that down and then set your glass mug back down. Now that was basically an example of being mindful. I like to use meals, like I said before, because you can get every sense. But the wonderful thing about mindfulness is you can use it virtually anywhere and you don't need any external tools. If you're somewhere, if you're sitting in a waiting room or you're sitting in your car in traffic or you're at work and you're in the middle of some contentious meeting, any of these you can start to draw your attention to your sensory input. One of the ways that some people have of combating some anxiety is they use this. Uh, it's called 54321. It's, uh, some of you might have seen this on social media. It's basically identifying five things you can see, four things you can hear, 
three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Now, depending on what you're doing, the taste might be iffy there, and maybe the smell, but you can definitely get the first three. But mindfulness is something that will really pull you down. It anchors you into the moment. It anchors you down to one pinpoint of reality, which is the only reality that you have. And it calms you down. You are getting, we are all getting input from our senses all the time. But we rarely intentionally focus on it. And why? Remember what we said earlier. Where is our mind normally? In the past or in the future? And these two things are not realities. I know we have to plan. When we have jobs and we have goals and we have objectives and we have things that we need to get done. And I definitely understand that. And if we're focused on something for for solutions, for planning, that's wonderful. But when we start grinding around and we start doing this hand-wringing, what if, what if, what if business, this is not helpful. And mindfulness has a way of just providing you a pause, just a pocket of time where you can just disengage from all of the expectations for just a few minutes and calm down. Relax your body. Your respiration will slow down. Your heart rate will slow down. Everything calms down. And then when you're finished, you are much better suited to deal with whatever problems are presented to you than you would have been if you continue to run around like Henny Penny, the sky is falling. Mindfulness is a wonderful tool Like anything, you need to practice. It's fairly simple to understand, not as simple to be able to do. You just have to practice. You have to slow down to do it. You cannot do it in a hurry. It's not something you're going to say, well, let me see how fast I can get this done. Well, if that's the attitude, don't even start. You have to slow down, but it truly does not take that long. And you can do it anytime, anywhere. You can do it, you can take 30 seconds and do it, you can take 10 minutes and do it, whatever you have available. But start out by calming your body down, taking some slow, deep breaths, where the exhale lasts at least twice as long as the inhale. Give your body permission to release any stress, imagining the muscles being like warm taffy, and then begin to draw your attention to your sensory input. Do it slowly. Do it intentionally. And then when you finished, more than likely, you will be significantly calmer than you were when you started. And one of the reasons why I love mindfulness is that it works. And it's simple. You can do it anywhere. And it doesn't take very long. That sounds like a pretty good recipe to me. So I hope you've enjoyed this explanation and this exercise of mindfulness. And again, refer to the show notes. I'll put some stuff in there about uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. 
And I hope you will take some opportunities to try this yourself. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. And like, like with most things, each time you do it, you'll learn a little bit more and a little bit more about what makes it work for you. So I hope the rest of your day goes fantastic. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.